Hillary Clinton, my God. She just can't stay in the woods, this this person. You know, before she was, she left, she lost to an orange orangutan, she went in the woods and she was gone. But, you know, some people are just so, so, so desperate for the limelight, desperate for headlines, desperate to stay relevant, that they just won't go away. And that's Hillary Clinton. Um, she... Uh, first of all, the corporate media has been painting Tulsi Gabbard uh, essentially as a, a Russian stooge or a Russian asset, uh, Assad's apologist, because she has a different view than them. And her view is we need to stop getting involved with all of these conflicts around the world, essentially getting involved. We're pretending we're getting involved for national security interests to the United States, but in reality, we're getting involved for business interests around the globe to prevent other countries from getting more of a fingerprint in those regions, not due to an imminent threat to the United States. And what she has been saying and why she's been able to create quite uh, a following and a movement, uh, I'm certainly a Bernie guy first, but I've definitely supported Tulsi Gabbard uh, outside of my support for Bernie. There's some things I don't like, which I've reported on, and I've covered her critically when I feel the need to. But Hillary Clinton uh, puts out this doozy earlier today. Hillary Clinton appeared to claim in a podcast interview this week that Russians will support Democratic Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard as a third-party presidential candidate and called Jill Stein a Russian asset. Oh, boy. Clinton made the remark, made the remark on uh, David Plough's podcast, quote, I'm not making any predictions, but I think they've got their eye on someone who's currently in the Democratic primary and are grooming her to be the third-party candidate. She's the favorite of the Russians, as said Clinton, apparently referring to Congresswoman Gabbard, who's been accused of receiving support from Russian bots and the Russian news media. Quote, they have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her so far, she added. That's assuming Jill Stein will give it up, which she might not because she's also a Russian asset. Yeah, she's a Russian asset. I mean, totally. They know they can't win without a third-party candidate, so I don't know who it's going to be. But I will guarantee you they will have a vigorous third-party challenge in the key states that they need, that they most need. Clinton spokesman Nick Merrill later clarified when asked if Clinton was referencing Gabbard. If the nesting doll fits, I don't, I've never heard that before, but okay. Uh, in a series of tweets, number one, great. Thank you, Hillary Clinton. You, the queen of the warmongers, embodiment of corruption and personification of the rot that has sickened the Democratic Party for so long, have finally come out from behind the curtain. From the day I announced my candidacy, there has been a concerted campaign to destroy my reputation. We wondered who was behind it and why. Now we know it was always you through your proxies and powerful allies in the corporate media and war machine, afraid of the threat I pose. It's now clear that the primary is between you and me. Don't cowardly hide behind your proxies. Join the race directly. Hey, Tulsi, slow down here. We don't need Hillary Clinton in this race. My Lord, no, no, no. <coughs> Pretty, pretty uh, Tulsi latest smackdown. I would agree with that one. 
What's unbelievable to me about this, I'm not Ben Norton, so I'm not going to pretend to understand the intricacies of like Syria, first Turkey, and Russia, and all this as, as, as good as he does. But what's unbelievable to me about this, there used to be like a respected left in America that was anti-war. And you could be anti-war and people just said, all right, you know, these these doves, you know, these peaceniks or whatever. But you weren't immediately called a asset of a other nuclear power. Now it has come to the point where they are so threatened by Tulsi Gabbard. And it's not just the fact that she's anti-war. She's calling out the false pretense She's calling out the essentially lies of why the United States is in these countries. The United States is not in Syria uh, to protect against ISIS. The United States is in Syria for geopolitical and business interests. It's about oil. It's about oil. Why is it that Tulsi Gabbard? First of all, I want I, I, I let's put something into this discussion that hasn't been in there, and this wasn't even brought up in the debate. The United States, there has not been a declared war for the United States to go to Syria. We were there illegally. So do I think it's a good thing that the Kurds, there was a bloodbath already and uh, all these Kurds were killed? No, I don't. I don't, get, don't get me wrong. I, I agree with Ben Norton and others that Trump should have not willy-nilly just moved these troops right away uh, to let the Kurds be slaughtered. I don't agree with that. But the reality is, we did not legally go to Syria in the first place, and that is being lost in the discussion. And I love these Democrats and all these people who are shouting from the rooftops, Trump, he's breaking the law, he's destroying constitutional norms, la 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 la. But on us being illegally in Syria and other countries, well, well, well I, I don't hear you, I don't hear you earmuffs. We were illegally in Syria in the first place. Number two, number two, that northern area of Syria, uh, Turkey, who we were allies with as of five minutes ago, that Turkey has wanted that area for a long time uh, for fear of Turkish dissidents going there, uh, going to that region of Syria and attacking Turkey. Also, mind you, Russia has lobbed, lodged at it from Turkey missiles. Turkey has missiles pointed at Russia from its borders, just like we were hysterical about during the Cuban Missile Crisis when Russia was pointing missiles at us from Cuba. So there are reasons, there are reasons for uh, Russia to be interested in Syria, for Turkey to be interested in Syria. It's not, as the corporate media just says, a, a you know, United States super duper awesome, Russia and Turkey super duper awful. Can you imagine if we had missiles right now pointed at us from Cuba, like Russia has missiles pointed at it from Turkey? To me, why is it that Tulsi Gabbard is an asset when really all she's saying is, uh, we're going to do the same. What the United States is really trying to do is topple Assad, insert its own puppet into Syria, and essentially just milk whatever natural resources, oil, whatever, out of Syria. How'd that work out for us in Libya? You know? Oh, it's going to be much better when we get Gaddafi, getting Gaddafi out of Libya. How'd it work out, us getting Mossadegh, who 
we, we took out of Iran in the 1950s. How'd that work out? I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Right now in Libya, there is human sex trafficking, child trafficking, because we got rid of Gaddafi and we were told, oh, we're going to install our own per people, just like in Iran, just like in many other countries. Do you know how ridiculous it is to call a congresswoman who served in the military? I don't believe Hillary Clinton has served anyone in her life other than herself and her shady foundations and other things. You're calling her an asset of a nuclear power? Why? Because she doesn't think we should be there illegally? And mind you, if Hillary Clinton was president, it's very possible we would have been at a full-blown war with Syria. Maybe throw in Russia too. She was the one doing the no-fly zone over Syria. So it's disgusting. It's disgusting, this McCarthyism. You are going after and, dis and uh, offending and trying to disgrace a soldier and somebody who there is a big anti-war movement in this country. Hillary Clinton is an asset herself, but not of Russia, of Raytheon, of Lockheed Martin, of Boeing, of Northrop Grumman. I think that's how you pronounce it. Always get that one wrong. And Hillary Clinton, frankly, should just shut the F up and go away. You don't have to agree with Tulsi Gabbard on other things, but Tulsi Gabbard on that debate stage, she didn't say, rah, rah, yes, we should have moved the troops out of northern Syria and leave the Kurds to be slaughtered. She said she disagreed with Donald Trump. So I don't really know what has she done that's so, you know, such a sin towards the military-industrial complex. I don't personally get it. I don't personally get it. What has Tulsi Gabbard done that makes her such an indigestible figure to the corporate media. Well, and Hillary Clinton. Well, we know. We know the answer to that. She has dared to challenge the money. It's about the money, Lebowski. Dwight, Eis Dwight Eisenhower warned about it. And a famous soldier once said, war is a racket. We are not in Syria to defend against ISIS. Don't let anyone tell you that. And by the way, if you want to defend against ISIS, you know how you do that? Stop droning half of the brown world. Stop drone programs. Stop invading other countries. Stop dropping missiles on school buses with children in it, on weddings. And the selective, the, the selective disdain. We are, dis we are so distraught about the slaughter of the Kurds in northern Syria. Oh, the slaughter of the Yemenis in Yemen by our ally Saudi Arabia, who we are refueling midair. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Why is it that we're so distraught about the Kurds being slaughtered in northern, northern Syria, but the Yemenis, well, people in Honduras being slaughtered by the people we installed? I mean, the list goes on. So as Elizabeth Warren is starting to get some more critical coverage, pointing out the fact that what is your plan on Medicare for all? You say, with your, you say, with, you say you're with Bernie and then you look like a ghost when you're asked, how do you pay for it? How are you going to get it done? All these things. So she's gotten critical coverage on that. She's gotten critical coverage on, you know, you have all these plans, but you haven't told us how you're going to get them passed. Bernie Sanders has told you how he's going to get them passed. You might not like the answer, but he's saying, I'm going to 
I have a movement behind me, and we're going to pressure Mitch McConnell and his turkey neck to pass these things, or they're going to be voted out of office. You don't hear that kind of talk from Elizabeth Warren. Uh, Elizabeth Warren is starting to get a challenge a little bit more on her hawkish foreign policy, because her foreign policy is basically like everybody else on that stage. And to show you that the stack is decked in favor of the establishment and against Tulsi Gabbard, when Tulsi Gabbard was had an opening to go after Elizabeth Warren on stage, CNN cut her off. You remember, she, she opened up and asked Elizabeth Warren to specify what her views are on foreign policy. Elizabeth Warren gave some vague answer and she was clearly challenged. Uh, she did not want to talk about it. And before Tulsi Gabbard could respond, CNN cut her off. So as you start to see Elizabeth Warren challenged a little more, and if you look at Elizabeth Warren's body language, when she is challenged, she doesn't necessarily respond so well. She doesn't like it. She gets aggravated. Most people would. But she's not, you know, the happy warrior when she's actually challenged. And that's what you get when you are the front runner. And she has been artificially propped up as a front runner. I don't believe all the polls, but we would be we would have our head buried in the sand if we said she wasn't one of the top two right now. Why I think this rally is so important is, frankly, Bernie Sanders' only chance to win the primary is bringing out an unprecedented number of young people uh, in the early states. He needs to bring out a record number of young people in Iowa, record number of young people in New Hampshire, South Carolina, he's not gonna win, Nevada, record number of young people, and California, record number of young people. Now, you might say, well, Jordan, young people aren't the most reliable voters. Young people are more reliable when you think when there's organized grassroots energy knocking on their door to come out and get get with the program. That's where Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez comes in. You know, some people say Twitter isn't real life. Well, all I know, let me let me look at it right now. I mean, she's got nearly 6 million Twitter followers. That might sound like nothing to you, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a powerful force online, on social media. You know, it is frankly naive and thinking in terms of old style politics to think that kind of social media presence doesn't make an impact. And in a weird way, not that I wanted Bernie Sanders to have a health scare, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez told Bernie Sanders I wasn't planning on endorsing this early, but whatever, she felt compelled to do it because of Bernie's health scare, which I credited her for yesterday. That's real courage. Uh, when things aren't looking so hot, when the media is telling him to drop out, you give Bernie Sanders a phone call and you say, I'm endorsing you while he's in a hospital bed after a heart attack, that is political courage, political authenticity, and frankly, what Elizabeth Warren failed to show in 2016 when she had the opportunity to do the right thing and endorse Bernie Sanders against Hillary Clinton. Bernie Sanders, I mean, it is what it is. He's, he's just, he's not getting the older vote. Granted, there are a lot of Bernie supporters that are older, but by the polls, and by just data, the majority of old people are still establishment, still asleep at the switch, don't give a damn if their children, excuse me, their grandchildren have a planet that's inhabitable, don't give a damn if their grandchildren are buried in student debt for the rest of their life, don't give a damn. They are stuck with their complacency, and they are stuck in the, well, this is the way the world works, and Bernie's a communist, blah, 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 blah. So. That strategy is over. He's not, I said in the beginning of the campaign, he had to pick off some of that establishment older voter. I think it's been shown that's just not going to happen. So what does he do then? 
He has to bring out an unprecedented number of young people. He needs to bring out a lot more black people than he had in 2016, more Latino people than he had in 2016. How do you do that? One of the, if not, other than Bernie, one of the most popular, popular politicians in America. Don't believe Fox News. Don't believe CNN. They put out polls that were basically created by a Republican polling firm saying she's so unpopular. She's popular with the people Bernie needs. That would be young people. That would be people of color. Okay. So I think, um, I think that Ocasio-Cortez, and by the way, a lot of Ocasio-Cortez supporters, I mean, I don't know for sure, but there are Ocasio-Cortez supporters that support Warren primarily I'm just being honest because she's a woman. Well, that might give them chance to rethink things. Also, I think one of the important things are, you know, the media has been, uh, all, you know, making it seem like Elizabeth Warren is, um, you know, Mick Jagger. Oh, she's got 20,000 in, in Washington Square Park. She had, what was it, 15,000 in Seattle, I believe it is. I expect a lot of people tomorrow in, in New York City for Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. My early prediction, my guess is 15 to 20,000. 15 to 20,000 people uh, in Queens tomorrow. So what you have here, Bernie already had a movement, but you have another movement politician merging with Bernie Sanders. Again, that might not necessarily show up in the polls because young people are wildly undersampled in most of these polls. But what it will do is help with the organizing. Ocasio-Cortez will inspire more people to sign up to volunteer for Bernie Sanders. You will get more canvassing and door knocking, more volunteering, more phone calls, the underrated, more calls on behalf of Bernie, the underrated things that don't show up in polls, that don't show up on CNN, and that the establishment and the corporate lazy stenographer media take for granted. But these are the things that win campaigns. And remember, Barack Obama in 2007 and 2008, he was behind Hillary Clinton for the most part, but his campaign, even though they were behind in the polls, were out organizing Hillary Clinton's campaign, who was still running a campaign based on 1990s politics at the time. So you could be down in the polls because the polling traditionally oversamples older people, oversamples registered voters who don't, who always vote, rather than younger people or first-time voters. So you might, and and by the way, perfect example, state of Michigan, Democratic primary 2016, the day before the primary, Bernie Sanders in the polls was down nearly 20 points and he upset Hillary Clinton, down nearly 20 points. So I'm not a polling truther. I'm not saying that Elizabeth Warren isn't doing well in the polls, she is. What I'm saying is Bernie Sanders' ticket, his ticket now is to run up the numbers in his base, meaning, Got to get more young people out. Got to get more Latinos out, more African-Americans out, more Native Americans out, more people that don't vote. Well, look who won in Queens in 2018, uh, Queens and the Bronx. If you followed Alexandria Ocasio's campaign at that point, she won because she canvassed areas with people who traditionally did not vote. She out-hustled the other uh, Joe Crowley who wasn't doing anything. It's not just... Bernie running up the numbers as far as bringing out more young people, Bernie bringing out um, Bernie bringing out more black people, Bernie bringing out more young people, having this young, vibrant, energetic, aggressive, uh, progressive woman of color to go around the country for him. I don't know for fact, but I'm pretty sure that's the deal. She's going to be going around the country for him. 
it not only will help Bernie in the organizing, it also puts up an incredible, an incredible contrast with this. As I said yesterday, as I've been saying repeatedly, Bernie Sanders' biggest gains will not come from getting voters who are with Warren. They will come from getting voters who are with Biden. Crazy to me and shows you how terrible, how terrible uh, the corporate media is. There are a lot of Biden voters are actually making $50,000 or less. A lot of Biden voters only have high school degrees. That is Bernie Sanders' core base voter. It's also Donald Trump's core base, $50,000 or less, only having high school degrees. So if you show a huge contrast where you have thousands and thousands of young people out at these rallies, more young people counting, knocking on doors, this and that, more young people phone banking versus Joe Biden, who's bleeding, bleeding financially right now. He's down in cash. He barely has anyone showing up to his uh, rallies and he's stumbling his way through debates. Watch his numbers keep declining and Bernie Sanders rising. I don't think those people making $50,000 or less and or those people with only high school degrees, if they leave Biden, I don't think they're going to Warren. I think they're going to Bernie because Warren isn't making the case to working class people. She's making the case to Hillary Clinton's old base. Warren's uh, demographics are mostly highly educated, those making more than $50,000 a year. Um, that's her core base, Hillary Clinton's constituency. So those Biden voters that are just around that working class, $50,000 or less, not just white working class, black people work too. So working class, white, black, and otherwise, those voters can will possibly be tantalized to move to Bernie Sanders as they see Joe stumbling and bumbling through more and more debates, as they see Joe's lethargic um, events. And frankly, Joe, I mean, Joe Biden's barely on the campaign trail. He does more fundraisers than he does actual events. So I think you have this perfect, perfect storm with Ocasio-Cortez being exactly the kind of um, repl- battery that Bernie Sanders needs. I don't, not a good analogy. Uh, the the kind of kickstart Bernie Sanders needs to get out more young people. Young people is how Bernie Sanders could win this nomination. No offense to my older voters, you know, because Bernie does have older support. But the numbers are the numbers. He the how he makes up the difference of all these old establishment people going to Warren and and Biden or Pete at this point. Got to expand the map and has to bring out more young people, and that is why I think Ocasio Cortez is so important. But tomorrow, you could feel good watching it. You could feel good sharing it. Definitely watch it on Status Quo. Definitely share it on Status Quo. But it can't end tomorrow. You have, they have to carry the ball forward. 